I was talking with Jennifer before, Jennifer before the service, and she said that Bob and, and her and Retro Trio had, had uh, sung four hours on Friday, three hours yesterday, and she said she just hoped she had one good song left. And I think they had one good song left, don't you? Amen? Yeah. So, we, so we thank Jennifer for singing. Um, I guess we ought to, Bob, too. We thank the choir, and, you know, we have a great group of people here that are servants of the Lord, and we're so thankful for each of them. Uh, Pastor Tony, he's away for the holiday, and uh, he asked me to come forward and share with you today, and he's getting refreshed for 2019, and the, t- the lesson for today is a fresh start. And, uh, you know, during the 1988 uh, vice presidential debate, between Senators Dan Quayle and Lloyd Benson, Quayle compared himself to President Kennedy. And Benson, because it was a debate, replied, he said, Senator, I served with Jack Kennedy. I knew Jack Kennedy. Jack Kennedy was my friend. Senator, you are no Jack Kennedy. Do you remember that? Well, as I stand before you today, I want to establish that uh, Pastors Tony and I may have similar builds Short haircuts, you know, uh, facial hair and some glasses, but no, 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 beloved, I'm no Pastor Tony. You'll get that in a minute. You know, I'm just a fellow sinner like you are, saved by God's grace. I'm his servant. I'm here to, I trust in Jesus and I need a daily fresh start from my sins. And I think maybe you do too. So I want to talk about that today. And when I said I need a daily fresh start, the word God uses for fresh start is renewal renewal and actually if you look up renewal it literally means restore to freshness or perfection that's what we're talking about here when we think of renewal many things come to our mind we think about how many have to renew their driver's license or renew their tag on their car or renew get renewed energy by resting getting some sleep or renewing your vows in marriage speaking of marriage do you know a good wife always forgives her husband even when she's wrong Anyways, today I want to spend the next few moments talking about another renewal, and that's renewing our spiritual body for God's service as we enter 2019. To find out how, we need to go to the the source of renewal, don't we? As always, please stand with me as I read from God's Word in Isaiah, Isaiah 40, verses 27 through 31. Starting with verse 27. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding? He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increaseth strength. Even the youths, shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail, fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we come before you at this time, pray, Father, that your word may go forth. It's not about me, it's about thee. We pray, Father, that may be communicating this message, that you may be glorified, though, that your spirit may move upon this place, even now, 
Because you tell us where two or three are gathered in my name, you will be there also. We know you're here, Father. We pray that you may just speak to the hearts of each ears that hear today, that we all might know what your will is for us, and we may do that this today. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. To set the backdrop from what's happening here uh, in, in Isaiah, you know, as we know, that uh, Isaiah is speaking to God's chosen people, the Jews. And, uh, and, and the, the Jews have been slaves in Babylon for many years, and as a result, they had turned away from God, and that's why they ended up in Babylon being a, a slaves there. But we see here Isaiah giving them hope. He's saying, your sins have been forgiven. You know, you're no, and in other words, uh, and you're no longer slaves. So looking, looking for a new start is what he's basically saying here. And all, Isaiah was also, though, he was, he was a prophet. And he was prophesying of the ultimate future salvation was coming to mankind that was spoken of in Revelation. I, Isaiah was basically uh, saying it's time to make a fresh start. You know, a little like us. It's time to make a fresh start. We've ended 2018, and, uh, and, and for a little over 10 months, we were without a pastor. We had some challenges there. But now we have pastoral stability, and all of us are making a fresh start and looking to 2019. I'm excited about that. And as we move to verse 27, Isaiah, he actually shames the Jews for whining that God isn't listening to them. He actually shames them. Sometimes, have we ever felt that God isn't listening to us? I believe we do sometimes. Well, let's look at these five verses uh, in God's Word to help us have a fresh start for 2019 as we walk with the Lord. In verse 27, he says, Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? You know, in this verse, we see God is talking to his chosen children. And we know because their lineage comes through Abraham, Isaac, and he's speaking here about Jacob. Uh, in this in this verse, but interestingly, Isaiah is speaking a thousand years after Jacob was already dead. It's a thousand years later. So it wasn't yesterday. It was a thousand years later. And he's talking about, you know, he's talking about God's chosen people because that's the lineage comes through these three, and uh, and he found, you know, Jacob found God faithful and took that he took care of him, and that's what he's talking about. Hey, why are you whining? God's taking care of Jacob, your father. He's also going to take care of you. So why quit your whining? And we know God changed Jacob's name to Israel, which means may God prevail. Does God prevail, folks? Amen, he does. He always will. And uh, we see here uh, that that when God changed Jacob's name to Israel, he became the father of the 12 tribes of Israel, if you remember that. And that's happened a long time before uh, Isaiah speaking here. But he says... What, why sayest thou my way is hid from the Lord and my judgment is passed over from my God? In other words, how can they think God didn't know their persecution from the Babylonians or anything could be hidden from him uh, when he knows every single atom of the air? He counts every particle of dust. I mean, get real, he's saying. Get real. You think I'm not hearing you? I'm not knowing your problems? God knows everything that's going on with the Jews and he knows everything that's going on with us. I'm here to tell you that today. On a side note, just because God took care, took time, took his time, I should say, answering the Jews didn't mean he didn't hear their whining, their, their, their prayers. The same is true with us, folks. We may think God doesn't hear us at times or listen to us when we're going through those trials or presently going through trials. This, pro- this verse proves he does hear. He just doesn't always answer in whose timing. 
our timing. You see, as we go through trials, and we do, we are, we will, God will answer us in his perfect timing. That's the difference. When we need to, we need to quit uh, playing the victim card by saying, poor me. You know, and we need to wait on the Lord to deliver us because that's where our deliverance is. As we move to verse 28, he says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding? You know, God's starting off here saying, Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? You know, the other day, Christy was cooking, and she asked me to cut up some chicken after she got uh, done cooking it. And I went downstairs into our rec room, and I turned the fireplace on. And uh, in a little bit, she yelled down, Can you cut the meat? So, or at least that's what I heard her say. I went upstairs, and I said, Where's the meat? She said, she started laughing. She says, We're getting old. She said, I asked you to cut the heat. You'll be there someday. <laughs> you know, I didn't know and couldn't hear what she said. But in this verse, God's basically sarcastically asking these Jews, Haven't you been taught? Haven't you heard that I am the only eternal God, you know, the creator and sustainer of all things? Why is this important? Why is this important? Uh, because God has been here from eternity to eternity. We can't comprehend that, folks. We can't comprehend that. He doesn't have any deficiencies. He, has de- he hasn't decayed, and his, he has, his perfection has no bounds, no boundaries at all, for that matter. This is why he never gets tired or fails us. See, he embraces our needs, but again, it's in his timing. We either don't know or hear because we're out of fellowship with God, frankly. You know, I assure you, God wants us to know him personally. God knows that down deep, we want that with him, too. So that's why he provides one way, one way to do that. And he sent Jesus to earth to live a perfect life, to die for our sins. And he was resurrected so we, we may have victory over death because he did. Jesus provides eternal victory to those of us who believe. Jesus' blood covers all of our sins and saves us from our deserved punishment in hell. Frankly, we can't understand God's ways. We can't. There, and, and, but there is one thing we should know, and that is we don't know. We don't know God's ways. You know, I often say the more I learn, the more I realize, the less I know. It's very true if you think about that. And, and we see here uh, later in Isaiah in chapter 55, you know, Isaiah says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. What's he saying? We can't understand his, his, his understanding that he has. And we just can't do it. It's impossible is what he's basically saying. You see, folks, for him it's a matter of altitude. We're not there. We just need to accept them. We move on to verse 29. Isaiah tells us he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increaseth strength. You know, this saying here, God's for the underdog. He has the power, and he knows it's. He knows who he gives power to. Who is who's he give power to? The weak, the weak, the weak mind. That's emotional and and spiritual as well as to those who have no might physically. Uh, he gives strength to them. You know, I think of Gideon when I think of a, of someone who's a wimp. 
He said, wait a minute, Dave. He goes down as a great soldier who led uh, victory uh, for the Jews over the Midianites. But if you remember, he was a very weak person. Very weak person. And who brought the victory there? God brought the victory. It wasn't him. God brought the victory. He used a weak person to do that. Um, Christy tells me I'm the most independent and mentally tough guy she knows. Hmm. Got to thinking about that. Is she nicely trying to tell me I'm stubborn? Just wonder. Is that what you're thinking? I'm not sure. But anyways, does this make me strong? No. It doesn't make me strong at all. We're all weak, folks. Let's admit that. The key is to come to a place in our life where we actually admit to ourselves that we are weak. We have to admit to ourselves that we're actually weak. Um, I, I often thought that God used my pride to get me through my childhood, and now it's my biggest challenge as a Christian. Because what's God say about pride? He hates it. So we have to fight that battle. It's a daily cross. It's God who makes me strong. You know, we sing the song, I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to thee. Now you know why I'm not in the choir. Anyways, um, but that's what God is saying to the Jews and saying to us. He is the strong one, folks. We're not the strong one. He's the one who gives us, uh, who are weak, the strength to face all of life's problems as we enter 2019. The reality is we fail in our own strength. We succeed in his strength. That's the reality. Very straightforward. Allow me to go off on a tangent just for a moment. How often do we fail in life? A lot. You know, Most of the time, I would argue. You know, My theory is we don't have much of a problem dealing with life's failures because we have such great experience at it. Right? I think it's very true. Success is what mankind has trouble with dealing with because their lack of experience with how they should deal with it and how they should react to it. Think of athletes and actors and white-collar workers who make millions of dollars and end up getting all kinds of trouble. We see it every day in the news. You know, they do crazy things and end up blowing the money, getting arrested, getting addictions, and they end up costing their wealth, their careers, and sometimes they lose their freedoms to a 6-foot by 10-foot cell. That's what happens a lot of times. Let's look a little closer at, the, at us. The com- we call ourselves the common people, the common folks. The working class holds management to a higher standard. Do you believe that? I think so. They do. When management fails, and we do, the working class relishes in those failures. Why? Because they believe leadership should have uh, should be better at making decisions for everyone's good. But we fail sometimes in doing that. Man- you know, I had an HR manager say one time, management reserves the right to make stupid decisions. Sometimes we do. But doesn't the secular world feel the same about Christianity, about us as Christians? You know, unbelievers rightly believe we should have a higher moral character than they do. And when we fail, and we do, they say things like, they call themselves Christians and look at what they do. They're hypocrites. Have you ever heard that before? Sure. Sure you do. I know, I know the world is watching us, folks. The, the unbelieving world particularly watches Christians. And much like a NASCAR race, race, they watch to see a crash, right? That's what they watch for. They watch for us to fail. They want to see us fail so, in some ways, they can justify their failures. That's the way sometimes it is. Um, 
Newsflash to you unbelievers and fellow judging believers. Christians fail too. It's a newsflash. Hopefully you don't, that's not news to you. The reality is that all of us are flawed. All of us fail in our Christian living and service. Show me the patriarchs of the Bible and I will show you people who failed. Because you see, they're all sinners just like us. We're all in the same boat, folks. We all need Jesus for salvation. Even the night Jesus was betrayed, the apostles couldn't stay awake long enough for Jesus just to pray for him. You know, he says, and Jesus come back and looked at him and said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. When Jesus needed their prayers the most, at a critical time, they failed him. And then we say, that's terrible. We would never have done that. Never have done that. We would have manned up or womaned up. And we would have stayed awake and we would have prayed for him. I I argue that point. I disagree with you. Why can I say that? The reality is, it's coming back to us personally. Only 13% of Moundsville attends church. 13% of Moundsville attends church. I argue that means we as Christians are failing. That's what I argue. When 87% of the citizens of Moundsville stay at home on Sunday mornings, we have to admit we're failing. We have to admit that we're failing, just the same as the apostles failed Jesus that night as he was taken to be crucified. Think about this, folks. Our failure in the Great Commission is sending Moundsville citizens to hell. Were we just like them, the apostles and the patriarchs? Yeah, we all sin and fail. But why are we failing? That's the question. That's the real question we're talking about today. I propose there's two reasons we're failing. First one is ignorance of the resources at our disposal. Yes, ignorance. You know, I had a former co-worker used to say, we do the best we can with what we got, which is none too good sometimes. Think about that for a minute. That's ignorance. In more ways than one, when you think about the English part of it. But anyways, uh, Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Thou hast rejected knowledge. In other words, we're ignorant. So that means not because we can't acquire knowledge, but because we consciously, consciously choose to reject God's knowledge. As Christians, we know all knowledge comes from God's word, every jot and tittle of it. Matthew tells us, Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. So this leads me to the question, why do we reject God's knowledge from his word? Why do we? The answer is tougher, or is it? I suggest it's quite simple, frankly. Mankind likes to have it their own way. That's as simple as it is. We want to make our own decisions. How's that working for us, folks? You know, the hard, hard cold truth is we are selfish. Mankind has always been selfish. We go clear back to the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve when they took that bite of that 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 uh, fruit on the tree of life so they could be what like god satan said you're gonna have knowledge you're gonna have knowledge of what god has he tempted them with that and we we couldn't stand it we had to go for it and uh, make no mistake folks sin began and still was flourishing because of selfishness still is to this day the second reason we fail is we don't tap the resources god provides us so, we're, we're frankly, ignorance is one. And two, we don't tap the resources God provides us. Uh, and what am I talking about here? It's God's Word. It's God's Word. Paul gives us an insight in First Timothy, very familiar verses of Scripture in 3.16. He says, all Scripture, how much is that? 
all, that's right, is given by inspiration of God. How much? All of it's given by inspiration of God and is profitable for, listen here, doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Let me put it in layman's terms. All the Bible comes directly from God's breath to improve our lives so we can move closer to Him. The Bible establishes our right set of beliefs. It rebukes and convicts us of where we're wrong. If we allow, God's Word corrects us and will give us step-by-step techniques how to live right in God's eyes. Folks, that's knowledge we need and should want, frankly. Then he goes on to verse 30. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Listen, you teenagers, you young folks. When we're teenagers, we think we're full of intelligence, don't we? But we're really, in reality, we're full of something else. Before your mind wanders, young folks are full of ideals. Okay, think back, more senior uh, folks. Full of ideals of how you're going to change the world. Aren't we? Remember that? And it's so clear, our parents are stupid. How many parents agree with that? Well, let me suggest to teenagers. Teenagers, if you're tired of being harassed by your parents, act now. Move out and get a job. And pay your own way. And do it quick before you know it, as long as you know it all. You know, you don't want to change that. But seriously, though, you know, I felt the same way, and so did your parents. We did. We felt the same way, if we're honest. Uh, when we're young, we feel immortal, and the sky has no limits and, of what we can do. And the young have so much energy, strength, and ideas, and you will, and, but you will fail. It's not my words. It's God's words. Uh, we see God isn't saying this to, to put down young folks, not at all. God knows you have not gone through the experiences or had to make the tough decision or have the weight of all the problems your parents did. He knows that, not experience. God's saying this because he knows young folks need his strength just like the senior folks do. No different. We're all in the same boat. The whole hard, cold truth is, young folks, when your idealism meets reality, you will painfully realize you're weak, and you will faint, and you will fail, because we all do. I speak from experience. Trust me. It's tough to swallow our pride to admit we are weak and need help from God, but we all do. If you look back to verse 28, God said he was the one that fainteth not, neither is he weary. He didn't say the youth, did he? He didn't say anybody else. So what's the solution for our weakness? Well, it's, it's what we're talking about today, a fresh start, a renewal. In verse 31, he, he tells us, he gives us the, the, uh, the prescription to take care of our problems. He says in verse 31, But then they that wait upon the Lord, very important, this first part, they that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. They shall mount up with eagles. eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Let's break this down for a moment into into five truths that, uh, that God is revealing to us here through these verses. First, he says, the first part of that is, but they that wait upon the Lord. This is a key part of this verse. But interestingly, it starts off with a but. Did you notice that? But they that wait upon the Lord. What's he saying here? I believe it means that the Lord very clearly wants that word in there. Uh, what does it mean to wait on the Lord? Does it mean to pray, worship, attend services, and read the Bible? Yeah, but not primarily. Wait means to keep silence before God. You know, and the, the but in the beginning of it is a, meaning a condition. If you do this, 
then these things happen. You see, that's at the but. It's a, it's a, it's a condition um, when we do the following. We know that the word silent and listen have the same letters. We know that. If you think about that for a minute. Uh, someone once said, if we keep silent, we may learn something. A lot of truth in that, too. In other words, we have to quit talking and start listening to God. Proverbs tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on what? Your own understanding. You see, because we won't get it. Also, another in Proverbs 8, you see, Blessed is the man that heareth me, watcheth daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. You see, he's waiting on God's direction at that point. Waiting on God means to completely depend on him by listening to his voice, through the Holy Spirit's conviction upon our hearts. Why? So we can do as well. We can succeed. Uh, we can have the life that God wants us to have as, as Christian believers. What's the result of our waiting upon the Lord? Well, he tells us there's four things, four benefits to wait on the Lord. The first one we see in the next part of this verse. They shall renew their strength. You know, the word renew literally means exchange. Exchange. In other words, God exchanges our weaknesses for his strength. That's a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good deal, i got to say. I'll take that deal any day. God places all of his unlimited resources and strength and power at our disposal. It's right there. It's right there, folks. All we have to do is seek it. You may presently be going through some reality, really uh, tough times and feel you don't know where to turn. You may feel so weak and emotionally drained that you don't know what to do. We are promised, folks, we are promised by God and his grace that those who wait upon the Lord, he will give us all might in the inward man. That's a great promise we need to hold on to. Paul tells us in Romans 8, 11, He shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. In other words, when we truly look to God, he will give us a shot of physical, spiritual, and emotional strength. Also, God gives us the ability to think straight, our mind to think straight. As Paul tells us in Romans 12, too, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. When we truly wait on God, he gives us peace. Now, peace is a quiet confidence. It doesn't say that life is perfect again, everything goes away. Our trials are still there, our problems are still there. But because we turn our burdens over to God, he takes care of them. He gives us the wisdom and to, to make decisions to do those things we need to do. And, uh, and he'll give us the strength also to deal with it. So the first thing he gives us is he will renew our strength. The second thing, the benefit of waiting on the Lord, is they shall mount up with wings as eagles. You know, when I think of an eagle, an eagle is my favorite animal. We don't. Ha we always associate an eagle with power, swiftness, independence, and courage. And it's interesting that God uses this metaphor here to give it to give us an idea how it's going to be for us when we wait on Him. Eagle's wings, a little fact for you, are up to eight feet wide long i'm sorry and they're very wide it helps them soar so high that they can go out of sight the only bird that can do that and they can glide with less effort which holds them up in the air a whole lot longer and its wings also provide extra lift to help it carry up to 15 pounds of load uh, up in the air and, and using the air updrafts to ascend they say effortlessly without wasting energy by flapping i tell you that so that you understand the metaphor god's telling us he says, when we wait on the Lord, we will be powerful, swift, and have courage to soar over all the weight of life's burdens. He gives us that. That's pretty good stuff, folks. So first, he, he renews our strength. Then he, we should mount up with wings as eagles and be able to fly over all the problems of life. And thirdly, they shall run and not be weary. Flying's pretty cool. 
you know. Running's a little better, believe it or not. How many of you have ever jogged? Anybody ever jogged? Yeah, that's good. Do you ever want, how many, any marathoners in here? Let's look around, look it up. No one, marathoners? Um, you ever wonder why marathon runners can jog for 26.2 miles? Ever wonder why? It's called second wind. That's what it's called. I experienced that once, just once. But it feels like your legs, there's no weight there at all. It feels like you can run forever. It just, that's the way it felt with me anyways, you know. And when we wait on the Lord, life's problems won't drag us down and we will feel like that there, you know, that there's, there's only two things in life. Problems and solution. And we have God's strength, as we just read. We, He'll give us the ability to fly over all the problems and we'll be able to run and not get tired, just like your legs don't even feel no weight at all. He's telling us that here. And that's a pretty good deal right there. So we got strength. Number two, we got, we can mount up as eagles and fly over the problems. Three, we can run and not even get tired. And then the fourth thing he says, they shall walk and not faint. You know, flying is cool, as I said. Running's for God is better, and walking with God is the best. That's the best, that's the best of the best. When I, one hike I think I would, I think would be really cool to do, I'll probably never do it, is to to hike the 2200 mile Appalachian Trail. 2200 miles. And I think that'd be pretty cool. And some of people, some people have done it in 50 days. Folks, if you do your math, that's averaging 44 miles a day of walking. Consistently, sequentially. Okay? Wow. You think that would make you faint? Huh, this fat boy would pass out. God says when we walk with him, you know, we will walk through all the trials of life and not faint because we have his strength. We have his strength. And life's problems are no big deal. You know, I, I talked with the... Uh, president of the union one time and and he said you know as long as i look to the lord he said all my headaches he said are just they're easy if you know anything about unions the, the one of the worst jobs is the president they have more headaches more problems you can shake a stick at and he said it's, it's no problem as long as i focus on him you know but as we remember uh, the apostle peter when he got out of the boat to walk across the water he was fine as long as he kept his focus on jesus wasn't he but what what happened to him he started looking at the problems. You see, his focus changed. And, when, and it's the same with us. When we look at life's problems, what's going to happen? We're starting counting on ourselves. And we start to, then that's when we sink, as he did. We fail. So we need to do these things, folks. You know, most of you know I recently became a uh, first-time grandfather to Willow Rose. And it, it reminds me that a new baby is like the beginning of all new things. So it's awesome when you think about it. She's a dream of all possibilities as all babies are. As Christians, every morning is a fresh start in our walk with God. Every time we repent, we have a clean slate, folks. We're pure before God once again. That's awesome. So, folks, let's purge ourselves of all the disappointments and challenges of 2018, and let's focus on the possibilities of 2019 by yielding to the Holy Spirit's direction. What do you say? Folks, it's, a, it's decision time. As I look out over this congregation, I don't know if you've asked Jesus to come into your heart or not to be your Lord and Savior. If I could, I would try to force you to become a believer. But that goes against our God-given right to freedom of choice. I can't force you to do that. Nobody can force you to do that. Therefore, it comes down, it's your decision. It's not my decision, no matter how much I'd want it to be. Do you want a fresh start and know you're going to heaven? 
If you want to make that decision, you come forward, and I, I and some other deacons will be here to talk with and pray with you. The other decision is for Christians. If it bothers you that 87% of mounds was unchurched and your, your relationship with our Lord isn't where it should be, I invite you to come forward as well as I ask Linda to come and play hymn number 62 in closing. Let's all make 2019 a fresh start by rededicating ourselves, rededicating ourselves to the Lord's service. Come now as Linda plays.